Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree gonna begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, begin to taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now, fuck him. Fuck this. Because I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. That go for you and any other you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and repercussions. Welcome to another episode of the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook page, also on our YouTube page. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. And also on Twitter at Barbershop S-P-O-R-2. I'm Trey Frazier. I got my brother Maestro Sal's here with me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we got a special guest in the Barbershop today. Uh, We have Megan Embert here with us who is a former Washington football team employee. I'm not going to call them by their new name because I don't like it. But, uh, yeah, she's a former employee. You're going to have to get over that, bro. I was going to say the new <laughs> name's kind of on brand. I, I, I'm not over it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not over it. <laughs> but The uh, name is Megan, on brand. <laughs> Megan, thank you for uh, joining us for a few minutes to uh, – chat on the podcast. Uh, How are you, by the way? I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate you all taking the time and having me as a guest. No problem. No problem. So let me, let me just start here. So you've worked for the Washington football team for how long? So I started out in 2006 as an intern. So I really started my career there when I was a junior in college, when I was 19 years old and I started out in PR and then I moved on to the television department Larry Michaels organization. And then I left there on my own accord in 2011 as production manager of the department. So I spent five seasons there. So 19 to 25 years old. Okay. And currently, what what are you doing now currently? I um, am a marketing leader within the cybersecurity industry. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. Can you you just talk about briefly, uh, like, roles and duties inside the organization? Sure. Yeah. So the last role I had as production manager, I was in charge of multiple television shows. So everything from our partnerships with local channels. Um, For a while, I was producer of the Redskin Late Night program, uh, the one that Chris Paul would host, the comedian. I also helped with all of the commercials, the video board productions, um, all of practice, post-game press conferences, the hype reel, like, you know, the welcome videos when you're in the stadium. So um, even fun projects like highlights, the team would watch to pump them up before a game. And I got to put that to like whatever music I chose. That was a pretty fun 
extra project for the coaching staff. So any need that they had when it came to videos, interviews, all of that stuff. I actually remember that show. That used to come on like late Saturday nights on yeah. Channel 9, if I'm not mistaken. I remember that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Chris Paul. It's a funny yeah, cat. Yeah, he, he's wonderful. <laughs> so, um, so a couple of weeks ago, there was a congressional roundtable with, um, and I know you said you didn't attend, but uh, the women that were involved with the uh, sexual assault uh, cases were involved with this roundtable, um, and at the end of it, there appeared to be some, you know, some progress. Um, tell me, in your opinion, how that roundtable went, and you know, what do you think uh, moving forward, uh, Congress's role is going to be? Absolutely, it's a great question, and a lot of folks. I think what's fascinating about this whole situation is kind of the behind the scenes that has taken place. So after the Gruden email leak happened, it really brought the situation back to the forefront because those emails were a part of this investigation. Um, from there, we started, and, and mainly of the people, it was me and Melanie, along with our lawyer, meeting with congressional staff behind the scenes, having meetings throughout the week, um, both uh, bipartisan support there, Republican and Democrat support, giving them as much information as they needed about the situation and why it would be really important to have Congress's support uh, and that this is a workplace issue that, um, you know, really impacts everyone, not just uh, the NFL team. And from there, you know, weeks went by and then they, they had the round table. And I think overall, I think the round table was great because it, it was on such a national public uh, scale to really hear direct test testimony from folks um, including some new allegations like Tiffany Johnston and having that corroborated by Jason Friedman. So basically, I think the point of that was just to really air out the grievances, the issues, and also shed light on the NFL's handling of the investigation and whether or not that has been appropriate. Um, so since then, you know, uh, February 14th, was the date that they had to, the NFL had to cooperate with Congress and provide all of the documents. And so far they haven't produced all of them. Um, I think they produced like 80,000 more, but I think there's still like 20 or 30,000 more that they haven't. And wow. in my book, if the Beth Wilkinson report is not included, then that's just not sufficient. Like fundamentally include the report from her and then we can take a look and see if this is um, sufficient because you had over 120 to 150 people participate and spend hours with investigators to not share those findings is really a disservice. So ultimately right now, um, I'm hoping that we'll see some subpoenas and I hope that Congress comes up with a hearing date. Okay, can we, can I, can I backtrack for a second? Um, for those who uh, watch this podcast, and uh, can we can we kind of give more uh, clarity on exactly what's going on? Um, yeah. I, obviously, we we're speaking about uh, the uh, emails and the John Gruden situation that kind of opened it up in with uh, what was going on with the Washington team. But can we kind of give uh, you know, I guess a a better uh, what's going on? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, back, it's crazy to think about this. Back in July of 2020, 
and it's crazy. I think we're in 2022 now. The Washington Post released a bombshell article that talked about the Washington football team culture, including allegations of my former boss, Larry Michael, scouting department folks. Um, And at that point, a few of us, including myself, I did not participate in that first story, but afterward thought, I'm going to participate anonymously. Well, that weekend, because naturally people are reaching out to me, Megan, are you okay? I had no idea this was the type of workplace you were subjected to. And then I had a few conversations and learned about the two, there were two explicit videos that um, from 2008 and 2010 that we learned existed and were produced at the direction of owner Dan Snyder. And I believe that, and I believe this to be an annual project. We only have those tangible two copies. However, when I learned of that and being that my department produced those behind my back, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I was so angry. I was like, put my name on this. I'm lawyering up. I'm going on record. And I will vehemently talk about that because in my book, the harassment and the treatment is one terrible subject. But then this other thing where they were making these explicit videos is an entirely bigger crime. And who knows if there's other things that we don't know about. So fast forward, there's been a 10 month investigation by a lady named Beth Wilkinson, a very reputable attorney in DC. Um, the NFL took over oversight of that investigation and they never produced any type of written report, which is like the first time something like this has never resulted in a written report. It was an oral update to Roger Goodell. And what we found out the Friday after the round table was that Roger Goodell and Dan Snyder or the NFL and the commanders went into a common interest agreement, basically stating They have similar legal interests here. And in my book, the whole investigation was fraudulent at that point. Mm -hmm. So they're covering up the actual findings and now not cooperating fully with Congress. And now the NFL is blaming Dan Snyder in a sense that, well, we would love to release this stuff for you, but but he won't allow it. So the situation right now is, wait, Dan Snyder is going to release findings that are going to implicate himself like. Right, right, right. So, 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 it, it, so for clarity, the the overall issue is is what's stopping. Uh, I guess the I guess you guys, not you guys, but Congress, from making some type of a ruling that uh, you know something inappropriate was happening is from him actually re- releasing those those types of reports that would implicate him into doing such things. So the NFL and Dan Snyder basically can decide what documents are shared with Congress. This is why I want the hearing and subpoena power. Um, now what we're learning from like the Capitol Hill riots is do people actually show up if they're subpoenaed? And if they don't, are they then in contempt of court? So I'm very curious to see how quickly Congress will decide if what the NFL produced was sufficient enough. And as I said, if that Beth Wilkinson report isn't in there, release the report. I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a hearing and some subpoenas. Um, And then when that happens, you know, my hope is they're just not kicking this down the road. Like we're talking, it's already been 20 months. Um, And but the good news is now that it's with Congress, more and more people are starting to come forward. Um, as we saw with Tiffany Johnston, who didn't originally participate in the investigation. So I'm hoping more people are brave and they're starting to come out like this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, Trey. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Trey. I'm sorry. Um, What about the idea that sponsorships for the football team 
can back out of their association with the club. Because I read somewhere earlier today that there was a sponsor, and I forget the name, but they decided to disassociate themselves from the football team. Um, if we get more of those situations where sponsors decide, I don't want our business involved with this particular organization, do you think that would help speed up some of the progress being made? Well, when the name changed, it was because of massive sponsors threatening to pull out their dollars. That's right. So if anyone's on Twitter, um, the handle would be Natty, N-A-T-T-Y, B-D-C. Um, this individual has been a third, I think a third generation fan, him and his wife. They created boycottdan.com. And it's amazing. The website they put together, it has all the NFL sponsors, including all of the Washington Commander sponsors, but someone can go in, fill out their email and basically massively blast the email addresses, whether it be CEOs, media relations departments of these major entities, they've been starting to hear back and it only launched, I think, last weekend. So I think they are upwards of almost 7,000 email sends in a short period of time. And Medliminal is the one that you're referencing that actually came out and said That's in their the email, they said, um, we will not be continuing our partnership um, we're sincerely disappointed in the commander's handling of both facts and allegations surrounding their organization. And you, we ask that you please remove us from any list further mailing related to this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so progress. Broke something. <laughs> progress for sure. So um, I, I guess my next question is, and, and I guess with all the, with everything that's going on within the uh, Washington commander's organization, um, how do you feel about uh, the the idea of this maybe uh, spreading off to other teams and, and maybe other uh, teams being involved in some of these things? Or do you believe that uh, these workplace issues are relevant or prevalent in uh, other organizations? Well, sexual harassment is a U.S. issue when it comes to workplace environments. I, I don't know the stats offhand. But a lot of women and now men experience this in the workplace. I think with relative to our situation, the fact that the NFL is so involved in covering this up, it makes you wonder what are they hiding? What aren't they sharing? And the way that I understand it from people that I know that have worked at the team, they might work at the league now or they might work at another team. So it is systemic within the environment. And the Gruden emails, he wasn't even really a part of any of those franchises at the time that he was Mm -hmm. um, emailing with Bruce Allen. So it just goes to show that this is a larger issue at play here. Um, So absolutely think that this is something that across the league in the way that Roger Goodell and his investigators have handled this, um, it sheds light on a bigger problem. And then as you see, you know, the controversies around the coaching and 70% of the Mm -hmm. league being black. And, you know, I think this really sheds light on, um, in my book, it's Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter kind of colliding right now. These are massive Mm -hmm. issues around diversity, equity, inclusion that need to be addressed. And, People call me out. They're like, oh, you're calling for cancel culture. That's not what I'm calling at all. I love the game of football. And I hope that or I think in order for society to evolve, they need to be able to address where they're at and where they're trying to go, admit that there's been some mistakes and be able to hold powerful, rich people accountable too. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Um, okay, I got to make it make sense question. <laughs> 
why does uh, why does Dan Snyder bring in a an, an investigator to investigate something he they are possibly trying to implicate him in? So I think this is where I'd like to hear from Beth Wilkinson or um, Roger Goodell or Dan Snyder under subpoena because it's not clear to me how this whole thing came about. From my perspective, it would make sense if say the league wanted Snyder to be investigating and doing this thing, I don't think the league would want to foot the bill. So I would assume they would make Dan Snyder foot the bill, but does that make Dan Snyder the client or the NFL, the client? And like, so that's where the whole privilege conversation, common interest agreement, that whole thing comes to play. So when we got involved and my lawyers, everyone, um, it, the NFL ended up agreeing that anybody could participate in the investigation and not worry about their previous NDAs if they had one. So um, I thought that was a pretty big step. But at the same time, what we've seen now is that people participated and they really came forward with information that is damning to probably the league itself. And, you know, at this point, we are looking for transparency and accountability. Okay, I don't try. If you got a question, go ahead. I, I have one more question. That's where I'm done. <laughs> no, um, you can go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, my question is, um, okay, so the the hearing just passed, and and, round and this table. is <laughs> roundtable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Roundtable. That, that is that oh, is yeah, important to clarify. Difference. I'm ready for my hearing. Let's go. Yeah, big, big yeah that's important to clarify. <laughs> um, okay. It's it feels, and I'm not I'm not super. Uh, I think Trey would be the president of the two of us who are more involved news wise into the story. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm just a regular guy who just kind of flips up and down his tw- uh, his Twitter timeline, and um, it feels. And you can cr- and please correct me if it doesn't feel that way to you. It feels like this roundtable kind of came and went. Now, when I asked the, when I asked Trey about it, he said it felt he felt like maybe uh, you know with it being Super Bowl week and you know maybe that was the reason why um, maybe Twitter is not uh, you know kind of moving around this or am I just following the wrong people? Well, so right after the roundtable, Congress came out and stated they're going to give the league until February fourteenth to produce all documents. So okay. this interview is February fifteenth. We know the NFL's produced some documents. It's not clear yet what documents and if it's sufficient. And as I mentioned before, if that Wilkinson report from Beth is not in there, in my book, it's not sufficient. So I think we just have to watch it closely over the coming days as to, you know, what do they feel? Are they going to issue subpoenas? Do they then call for a hearing? I would also just uh, say, you know, from my perspective, too, it's like I don't know what it's like to go through 80,000 documents or whatever. (laughs) Like that seems like a lot. And yeah, how sure. much time do they need to make it fair to assess what they gathered? You know, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. good. It's I all gave good. her a bone. She'll be occupied for a little bit. No, the it's magic all good, of Megan. editing. The magic of editing. We be I. It's it's all good, Megan. And I was while you were going, I was just telling Maestro that I was glad that he asked that question because it was going to kind of lead into my point and sort of a question towards you is that. This roundtable, I felt like wasn't pushed hard enough by the media. I saw Channel 9 promote it on Twitter, and I saw some people that maybe follow Channel 9 on Twitter push it also, but it didn't seem like people like the Washington Post or Channel 7, Channel 4, it didn't seem like any of the other media outlets in the D.C. area 
was really pushing this thing to let everybody know. And then I think the other part too is, is that if I'm not mistaken, this roundtable was on a website someplace and streamed online. Was that correct? Yeah, it was live streamed and recorded so people can go and check it out. And the good thing about it being recorded, you can kind of stream along and hear the testimonies and everything. So yeah, it it was uh, live streamed. And I think the media definitely has been covering it, but I'm just very hypersensitive to it. Like I'm like, I'm I'm hearing it and seeing it. Um, But, but I will say there definitely are some news outlets that might be covering it more regularly or looking for, um, you know, even I know Darren Haynes just reported on the boycott uh, Dan site, like really going a step further into like, how are fans getting involved um, so it's a, it's a, you know, it just depends on who's most active and some of the, the reporters might be a little bit more active, but certainly, I mean, the Washington post certainly has been all over this, um, very deeply. Were you at the Seahawks game, the Monday night game this past season, were you at that, uh, protest outside the stadium? Yeah. So myself and Melanie Coburn, we decided we would show up with our hoodies on and we didn't know what to expect if fans were going to participate or not. But I thought, cause I, I don't live in the area anymore. I thought being in town for Thanksgiving, it would be a good statement just to show up, especially because they advertised it as their inspired change game. And from my perspective, we are also inspiring change, like at the mm-hmm. most fundamental, fundamental grassroots level. And so a lot of press definitely came out to talk to us and um, it was a good opportunity to educate some fans that really had no idea or they knew bits yeah. and pieces, but um, I think it was a good opportunity to start to talk more about it. And we certainly had media coverage there, but yeah, I, it's just like even the owners meeting in New York city, you know, we wrote letters and Anna and, and Melanie actually went to New York and hand delivered those. And again, zero response. In fact, that was the day. Mm that Roger Goodell said he won't release any findings in order to protect us, which now we absolutely know was completely false because of the common interest agreement. And it just really upset me that he had the audacity to, he could have said nothing, but the fact that he said, Oh, we're not going to do this to protect us. And we're sitting there, like we're literally right there in the lobby. You know, I just think the whole thing's been handled poorly. That's crazy. Um, and, and to add to that, um, I'm sorry, Maestro, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because my, my question was, uh, I know I said I had one more question, but I do have one more question, but go <laughs> okay, ahead. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> just, just to add to that, Megan, so I remember the coverage of that Monday night game, and I'm kind of a weird guy when it comes to paying attention to detail and paying attention to how networks cover certain teams, uh, you know, certain weeks. So I know all the Monday night games, I know the Monday night crew, they go to the stadiums, they go outside the stadiums and they <laughs> showcase all the fans going crazy. Like, like if you at like if you're at Bill Stadium, they're showing fans jumping on tables and all kinds of things like that. And that's sort of kind of been their tradition. But that particular week, it just so happened that the Monday night crew was doing their pregame show from the studio um back in their ESPN studio and I and I got to thinking I'm like wait they picked this week to you know stay in a studio and then I get on Twitter and then I'm seeing photos of you guys out there with protests I see you guys got the hashtag release the report t-shirts on and I'm like yo this should be 
like pumped up. Like everybody should be knowing about this, you know, what's going on outside the stadium. So I find ESPN to be complicit in not promoting you guys and, you know, your movement and what's going on here. And that, and that may have something to do with the NFL and them contracted with the network. They'll probably said, Hey, you know, y'all stay in the studio. Y'all don't go to the game tonight, whatever, but that's just me. That that's what I kind of took from it. I think it's a good observation. And over the past 19 months, we have seen certain folks like vanilla cover it. Right. But what I will say is after the round table and Goodell's press conference, someone like pro football talk, um, Mike, Mike Fiore, is that his name? Sorry. (laughs) Um, He's really done a nice job of keeping this story out there. And this has happened, I would say over the past two weeks, I think the round table really helped us because before it was like, okay, there's allegations just based on what we're willing to talk about on record. Whereas watching testimony and watching people actually speak on their experiences in front of Congress, it's a really big deal. And I think now we're really seeing people being bold, just like Jim Trotter during that press conference, asking the question Mm -hmm. of Goodell about the coaching. Like you're going to start to see people really having kind of a conflict around like, what's their moral compass? What's their, how does this align with their value system? Like, how are you able to stay silent? And this is what we know. And, and, you know, more stuff will come out. Like it's inevitable, right? Keep in mind that the few people that they chose to do the round table, like I obviously wasn't there, but that we're just a small group. We're talking over Mm -hmm. 120 to 150 people. And it takes a lot of courage even to be able to speak out. Right. So I think it's kind of like the iceberg. Somebody put a graphic up. It's like the round table, but then the Wilkinson reports, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just what, you know, the people that were comfortable being able to speak publicly as well. So we don't know what else was reported. I know other things that I think are in that report. They're not my stories to share though. So that's another reason why I'm just aggressively like putting my name to this. Uh, My final question, I promise. Um, What are your feelings of, um, what are your feelings of, uh, not closure. I, I I think these types of things, racism, sexual harassment, I think these are ongoing battles. I don't think there's ever like a uh, a moment where where that stops or where race. I don't believe it. But what it, what what do you hope is your um, what is the I guess uh, what is the end game? I guess I, I, and I don't like that word because I don't believe in it. But what is the end game in in all this for you? It's a good question. I think the answer evolves over time as this progresses. And I've always been very passionate about different causes. So for me personally, I think this has allowed me to be even more confident in my voice and being more resilient and hopefully inspiring other people. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet, but I think there's a path there, whether it maybe I have a podcast of my own one day or something, but for us as a group, we're looking for transparency and accountability and accountability to me is sharing what's in that actual report and having appropriate consequences. And I don't believe the Snyder should be the owners of that football team. I also believe Roger Goodell probably needs to step down based on how he's handled this situation. And then further, um, there's workplace legislation probably that Congress could make happen as well. The use of NDAs has been a big subject 
Um, so I think there's a few things and it's kind of constantly evolving, but fundamentally Roger Goodell, the Snyders, uh, there needs to be some accountability for how they've handled this situation. And then the explicit videos, I'd like to see criminal investigation. Um, and who knows if there's other things, but really not have this stuff covered up and not have the rich and powerful be able to get away with things like this and treat people like this. I want to see, you know, if you watch Super Bowl, Billy Jean King got on the field, right? And talked about Title mm-hmm. IX. That was yeah. 50 years ago. And here I yeah. am 50 years now with these fellow people on record trying to ensure that young women and young men can work in a safe environment in sports. And it just goes to show that there's so much progress that needs to be made. So um, I think my end goal personally is kind of ever evolving. Yeah. And I, and I personally want to say to you that I'm sorry that you and other women have had to experience this within this organization. Thank you. Um, I'm good. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. Just before you leave, um, I just want you to let our listeners know where can they find you, your social media, and what do you have going on in the future? Yeah, so um, I've become very active on Twitter the past two years. (laughs) Um, It's just really (laughs) at my name. So at M-E-G-A-N-I-M-B-E-R-T. So I've been really vocal um, with the press, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. So occasionally you'll, you'll see my dog on there, but yeah, it's really been for me personally work and this has taken up a lot of my life. Um, But yeah. I'm down in Texas, so it's a little bit different. I do come back up to the DMV from time to time to see family. But right now I'm like, we're just full throttle ahead on this situation. And um, yeah, hopefully a vacation in the future. (laughs) (laughs) No No wonder you were saying uh, Central Time when we were trying to, you know, hook this up. Okay. 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 Well, Megan, thank you so much for appreciate podcast with us. And uh, we hope that you, you know, meet your goals uh, within this movement. And one more time, hashtag release the report, hashtag sell the team, Dan. I'm all the way <laughs> <Yep>. to that. <laughs> yep. We appreciate it. And um, the fan support has been really nice because at the end of the day, we all want to get to back back to watching this game that we appreciate and like so much, um, but can't forget that players and the the employees behind the scenes are also really impacted and um you know it, it would just be really nice to see progress for everybody yep cut all the nasty stuff out <laughs> yeah get the messy people up out of there yeah <laughs> and larry michael that's the that's the radio play-by-play guy right he was the voice of the team yeah so he did the play-by-play and he was um did like redskin nation all those different shows mm-hmm. Yeah, he he he's the one that kind of rolled out before the report. Well, he came was out allowed. The- he was allowed to retire before the first Washington Post story hit. So mm-hmm. that is another reason why I think you know him and Dan are close. And it's hard. I've known Larry since I was 19 years old, and I, he was my boss. Um, but you know, he should be held accountable. He should be held accountable 100%. I would just get ready to say it's all nice and dandy, but you should be held accountable for your sins. That's that's for certain. 
And this is honestly, and I've been very vocal to people like him, they can get ahead of Congress. They can go to Congress and talk to them. They can get ahead of it and have an opportunity to put their truth out there, you know, in that type of situation. Um, Cause I, I do believe like the thing is, we're not going to be silenced. We've been pushing and pushing and pushing. Like if we've done this now for almost two years, we will keep doing this. We haven't been in about a payout. We didn't have a lawsuit. Right. So I would just really like for people to just save us all some time and do the right thing. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, no doubt. The world uh, we live she, in. Yep. Uh, she's thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate she's you. Ember, and uh, we thank you for uh, jumping on the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast. Awesome. Anytime. All right. All right. Thanks, Bye. 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 Bye.